The force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering. Death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in pain. Dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, senoritas, senores, all oh, you muchachos, vianos, vianos, exactly, el dandy, and all you other luchadors, to another edition of the New Force Order. Ciclope, uh, Super Guapo 4, <laughs> I, can, I can go on and on, uh, Super Calo, <laughs> uh, For Life Podcast, For La Vida Podcasto, <laughs> <laughs> this is not a luchador podcast, but it is a Star Wars podcast. So welcome everyone to another edition of the New Force Order. I am one half of your hosts. I am a professional wrestler. I am a multi-time champion in a galaxy far, far away. Current champion in three different promotions. And I am a Star Wars aficionado. I am the Alpha and Omega Pro Wrestling, the greatest unsigned talent there is today. The guy with the longest intro for anything. The Greek god, Papadon, your boy, GGP. And alongside with me is the man of the hour who gets facials down in Cancun and back rugs and goes to donkey shows. But he also I, has I a... Am, I am the donkey show. Thank you. <laughs> Introduce yourself, sir. I am smarter than Yee-haw! more technical than FX7, the god of Steel and Thunder, and the guy who's so motherfucking tan, it looks like he took a vacation on Musafar. Talk to Destroyo, Alex Arroyo. Tremendous. 
in the morning, I'm making waffles. I don't get that reference, but okay. Donkey from Shrek. Oh, okay, yes, I get it now. Thank you. Since you are the donkey show. Anyway, folks, the reason I'm busting chops is Doc is back from vacay. He went down, down south. Um, well, he always goes down, but that's for 20 bucks. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not DJ Khaled. Huh? DJ Khaled doesn't eat, eat no vagina, apparently. Doesn't he? He eats no. everything else, that fat yeah, bastard. Yeah, no shit. Uh, his loss. Anyway. Could, could you imagine? He, he's more useless than, he, than we actually thought he was. Yeah, right? He the best. I guess not. Um, so, he's back from vacay. We're going to drop a show full of news tonight. But let's start off this show like we like to start off show uh, on a good note. You know the man. We know the man. This individual is the heart and soul of Star Wars. He is the motherfucking place, uh, motherfucking face that runs the motherfucking place. He is Mark Hamill. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Hamill. Tell him the NFO sent you, aka at NFO underscore podcast. And this is what we call Marky Mark and his funky tweets. See, not only is he a national treasure, not only is he the embodiment of a galaxy far, far away. A tremendous voice actor. But did you know that Mark Hamill now he's a thief? Wait, before 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 he we, we accused him of being uh, the newest member of Onyx, aka Stinky Sticky Fingers Number Two. Did you know that he is the face of the franchise for Jack in the Box? Oh, I thought it was Arby's. No, it was Jack in the Box. Oh, Jack in the Box, the um. The uh, the West Coast food chain that has some of the greatest fast. I know I know you're not a fast foodie, by the way. No. But um, Jack in the Box has some of the greatest fast food you'll ever have. They they have this what's called the uh, the midnight menu. That when it nears midnight, the menu changes to all these crazy fucking like oh I'm absolutely hammered drunk burgers that like they shove on your rings and barbecue sauce and like fucking french fries and chicken nuggets in the burgers they're like yeah fuck it whatever it's like the extravaganza whatever's but, left <laughs> yeah that's the soup that by the way the uh, the deli that's open 24 hours a day by my hospital sells called extravaganza it's always the shit that they couldn't sell the day before they just chop it all up and throw it in the soup and it's actually quite delicious it's really nice. good it's like is this tuna fish with the turkey sandwich and maybe a hot dog <laughs> some random, some random shit inside there, but Jack in the Box is, is delicious, and and they have one of my favorite quotes in the window, which which I use. I'm going off topic, which I use frequently. It's extra sauce costs extra, and I tell people that all the time. <laughs> like I don't understand, you didn't do anything in the hospital. I was like, extra sauce costs extra. Nice. Well, let me ask you: Are you upset that he's the face of Jack in the Box? Because isn't that your gimmick? Me being the face of Jack in the Box. You jacking in the box? Yeah, <laughs> jack off, jack off the box. <laughs> My dick in a box. Oh, very small box. Anyway, um, so you are right. Mark Hamill is Sticky Fingers number two, aka he is a thief. Why is he a thief? Why are you calling this man a thief, Doc? Well, it, you know, as as a smart young lad that he was, he decided to. Um, Let's say uh, extended, uh, extend, extendedly borrow some of the uh, props in the uh, Star Wars movies that he was in. You don't uh, say. Yeah, he, you know, he was like, you know, I'm just gonna try to take these things home, and I will mention some of the following. Um, Boba uh, Fett's codpiece. 
No, he, 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 he sniffed that before he put it back. He didn't even take that one. Up. <laughs> it smells like Jeremy Bullock. Um, <laughs> it smells like Jeremy's Bullock. Yeah, it sounds like Tamora Morrison. Um, <laughs> he um he he took his uh, New Hope Luke Skywalker boots, those little like kind of you know tannish rap mummy boots that he had over there. He also took one of the Imperial caps um, from I believe it was Return of the Jedi, along with one of the frogs that Jabba the Hutt ate during his Jabba the Hutt scene. He took uh, some C three PO jazz hands. From Anthony Daniels, um, and what the else? Feet. And the and the feet, yeah. So you know, because he's, uh, he's empire. Got a, he's got a foot fetish. Um, what else did he take? I'm trying. And to, last, top of my but head. not least, he took the stormtrooper helmet that he oh. wore in the scene that he rescued Princess Leia that's from the right. Death Star. That's right. That one's that one's clutch. I think. I think out of all the things that he stole, that's probably my favorite. I agree. Now, you think he, you think if he was to sell this paraphernalia, he'd get a uh, buku bucks for it? I for sure think that he would. You know, there's there's always a market out for that, uh, as we know, and I'm sure we'll talk about it very shortly because well, it's a segue transition into what we're going to talk about right now. Because I saw that coming <laughs> in three years, big dog. I can see it coming. Um, oh, still in the thunder. Yeah, hasn't lost uh, a touch. Yeah, never. Not a step. Maybe ten, baby, but I'm gonna go CTE. You actually look like Puerto Rican. Yeah, thank God. Um, on the auction block coming up soon, and not not at Hackies, whatever that auction is, some other auction house that's out there, which I'm sure you know the name of, um, is will be one of the potentially greatest Star Wars memorabilia screen used, held by the actor apparently. Well, with that's piece. Exactly, they'll sniff by the actor. Um, going on the block, I believe it's probably this month because the articles from late July. It's Slay going Leia Brazier. To, oh man, I'd pay a lot of money for that because I'd be sniffing the shit out of that. <laughs> Slay Leia codpiece. Uh, sorry, Jabba the Hutt's prisoner. Oh, Prince, Princess the Leia. Hutt Slayer. The Hutt Slayer. One of the other. We, we have to use the proper terminology now because she's non-binary. Oh, um, fuck that. It, I know. I would. I would every single day of my life until she Rock got fat, Island, fat, off, fat off the cocaine. Rock Island Auction Company. They are auctioning off the actual blaster, that the DL something 44, 44 right, that Han Solo used uh, in the uh, original trilogy. So I hope. think that's even better. That's It's a one-of-a-kind piece that they think they're potentially going to fetch anywhere between four and $500,000 for. Half. Yeah. A million dollars. August 27th. I know where you'll be betting on this fucking thing. Oh, no, I won't. Half a million dollars for something that Han Solo has fingered. We can get Anne Hathaway for fucking Anne Hathaway. And uh, Anne Hayes for, 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 for much cheaper. <laughs> for she's, a quarter million. <laughs> she, just got into, she just got into a car accident. Apparently, she's got some bad burns. She's she, she's like super cheap right now. Oh, is she? She mm-hmm. right? Uh, apparently, she was drunk and she drove her Mini Cooper into a house and caused a fire and then drove off with a car on fire. Now, right. that's... Some high tail vagina right there, okay? Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? God puts the best one on the crazy ones, brother. Definitely. Well, speaking of Han Solo, you remember who Taron Edgerton is? I do. Taron Edgerton is a a very uh, really good actor who has done a lot of cool things. We know him as Eggsy from uh, the Kingsman um, trilogy uh, movies that are out there. Great films. Trilogy or or just two movies? I can't remember. Anyway. It's uh, three. Yeah. 
fantastic movies. Um, if you haven't seen them, watch them. And one of my favorite performances for uh, Egerton was him in Rocket Man as um, Elton, Elton John, John, which he did a fantastic, never saw it. Fantastic movie, great movie. Um, you should watch that. You should watch the um, Ronnie Malik in the uh, Queen uh, the biopic. That was also that was good. Yeah. That was good. Uh, Rocket Man is equally as good. So he's a fantastic actor, and apparently he he. Passed up on the role of a young Han Solo in a Han Solo Star Wars story. <clears throat> Excuse me. He even got as far as the screen test where he was in the Millennium Falcon all dressed up with Chewbacca. I don't know why I keep doing that shit. It sounds like a fucking cat's intestines being dragged out of its asshole. Apparently, just well, said, you know what? what I'm, what, just what, not, what, I'm just not what, feeling it. Let's play the clip, Doc. Put the clip right. in right now. Put the clip in right now. The wake of Kingsman, you suddenly are up for like these like major franchises and roles. I mean, reportedly, you were up for Cyclops for Han Solo. Like, and, and there are reports that like you actually took yourself out of the running of maybe both of those. Like, so that's. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's not, it's a funny. I feel like there's an unspoken thing in Hollywood where you, sh where you, it feels almost taboo to talk about the conversations you've had that never come to a reality. But I don't care about that. <laughs> um, uh, no, I did. I removed myself from both of those, from both of those races. I did. Why yeah. in the Han Solo case? Because is it? Did it just feel like too like that's hitting a bullet with a bullet? It's just impossible to. Felt that that's. I <laughs> I felt that, I mean, I'll be honest, I, 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 I got on the Falcon, I was with Chewie, I was in the full costume. Well, you got the experience, I mean, there and you go. I, and do you know what, that's what I felt like. I felt like I got there, I did it, I lived it, and there was one more, there was, I, there was another round that I, that I decided not to do. And it's, it's far enough in the past now that yeah. I feel I can say that. I hope it doesn't, I hope, um, no one feels annoyed that I have said it, but um, it just felt to me like I didn't feel like you know you know you mentioned earlier that thing when I read the Kingsman script and I was like this is I, I this yeah. I got to do this this is my part I just didn't feel it yeah the person that does this needs to feel like this is theirs and that yeah it's, it's and can true. really own it and really because you're following Harrison Ford no you just do no one ever wants to follow Harrison Ford no. you know no. um, so yeah that didn't happen. So there you go, folks. You heard it straight from Edgerton's mouth. It just didn't feel right. Now, Doc, I know you heard that many a times in your college time, yeah, in your college days, especially from somebody's mouth. <laughs> Is it in? It doesn't feel right. I don't know. I'm just drunk. Anyway, just kidding. Not really. Um. So yeah. So you think he would have been a better Han Solo than what we got from uh, Alden, right? Um, I think Alden Wright looks a little more like um, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, you know, that's it. I guess you know, with the right hair, anybody can look like Harrison Ford. Uh, it's possible, but um, I think Alden, you know, uh, Alden Wright did a, a pretty good job for it, and I, I don't think, um, maybe acting wise, uh, Edgerton would have done a little bit better. But I think mimicking styles, and we've said this before, that um, Aaron Alden Wright really was able to mimic. Harrison Ford pretty well when he did it. So mannerisms and, and speech pattern and stuff. He was fan 
fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Now the problem is, obviously, he felt the sloppy second burns of the Last Jedi, and I always say if Rogue One was in that spot, Rogue One probably would have got shitted on as being a bad movie, as opposed to Solo if they switched slots. Even though Rogue One is the best <laughs> movie love that came out. Slots, by the way. Thank you. But the person who wrote, co-wrote Solo, a Star Wars story, Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Indiana Jones, wrote Empire, who recently has dropped the Light and Magic documentary. Have you had a chance to watch that? Not as of yet, my friend. Okay, I watched the first three episodes, six episodes, fucking phenomenal. Great. You will You will mark out, because it's all about ILM and George Lucas and... All the special effects and the VX uh, VFX team that perfect, 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 dude. So anyway, the reason why he's making the news is because he was asked about Solo Two and if there's any interest about writing a sequel. Um, he goes and Fuck your is, couch, Charlie Murphy. Yeah, he says no. There's not any talk of that. He says I've never been particularly drawn to expanding Solo into a show, but I do talk to John, his son, you know, John Kasdan. And Ron, Ron Howard, the director, a lot about what went right and what went wrong with Solo Experience. I would be more interested in doing another movie and not a TV series. So. Interesting. Very very interesting. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen is a strong hashtag from the the Resistance podcast. Um, I want it to happen. Obviously, you know how I feel about Solo. I love that fucking film. I think it's the second best film that they've come out. Um, besides behind Rogue One, um, we know the sisters, Holly, likes to bust my balls about it because she's too busy fucking buying Kylo Ren Gap sweaters. But, you know, whatever, to each their own. I mean, we all know that the, the, the episode nine Rise of Skywalker was, uh, not doo doo, but very weak in, uh, in its delivery. In closing out the saga. Um, but not as weak as, uh, let's say, leg-slapping forearm from Stockade, a.k.a. Cade Lodebrook in a match. So it still holds some weight. But I digress. What do you think? you think we're going to get a Solo 2 stock? Uh, I think it's going to be a long time before we see anything from the Solo camp, especially with these guys kind of really burying it right now with the Golden Shovel, which really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. If they want to still play in the Star Wars universe, I don't know if Kasdan just got a bad taste in his mouth from everything that had happened and whatever fallout he took from this. I'm sure Disney wasn't so happy with with him um, and may have taken things out on him. So who the hell knows? Um, it may have been a monetary thing, too. But we'll see. I mean, you know, everything comes full circle and who the hell knows? Maybe one day we will get what we deserve and a closure in that solo stuff. You really think we need a closure? You don't think we need a an expansion? Well, I think, you know, leading that expansion with ending in a closure. I mean, how long can we go on for it? We can't go on forever, right? I mean, let's be serious. No, we're not 19 anymore. That exactly. shit doesn't happen. No. Lucky of course not. At all. <laughs> well, a lot of news and notes happened in the last time since we've done this show. So we're going to run through a couple little tidbits real quickly and not really harp too much on it because there wasn't a lot of story behind the articles or the headlines to these articles. So first and foremost, the Acolyte news about the Acolyte has come out. Uh, it is guaranteed and confirmed that Amanda Stenberg 
is confirmed for the lead role of the part. Amanda Stenberg, never heard of her. Yeah, she did. Uh, I think something in the Hunger Games. I haven't watched Hunger Games, so I don't know. But she's a first binary actor. She goes. Oh, late, she's um, binary. Yeah. No, she's non-binary. Non, non, non-binary. It's not cool to be binary. Oh, yes, it is. But anyway, uh, to each their own. Not knocking her for what she just believes in, but uh, that to me it doesn't matter if she goes by they them or she her or he he or her him them. He he. That's Michael Jackson. He he. Or beep bop boop. It doesn't matter to oh, me. Oh, little Carano action over there. As long as she's a good actress and brings it and hits a home run, I'm all for it. So, Lucasfilm Never trademarks. You know how uh, Marvel just dropped all the news with all the films that are coming out, the Kang Dynasty mm-hmm. and Secret Wars. And they all trademark all those names. They trademarked it earlier on, and it, and it got leaked. And scoopers leaked the news, and no one believed them. They were taking it with a grain of salt. But Lucasfilm has now been caught trademarking three new uh, taglines or three new headlines or three titles. New names. Listen, names, names, titles, whichever. Here we go. Galactic Circle, The Great Circle. Galactic Circle the... Jerk? I think I heard. I think I saw that movie. Yeah. And The Circle of Resistance. Circle of Life? Yeah, the circle of life. It's a circle. It keeps going around and around. And no end. No corner. Anyway. So, Galactic Circle, the Great Circle, and the Circle of Resistance. What do you think, Doc? Those names are weird. Yeah, they seem to be all, you know, relying on a circle, which... Uh, it's is, like geometry. Yeah. It's, uh, it, the Greeks invented geometry. I know. They invented everything. Um, you know, is this leading us to the next Star Wars book or something, it seems like? Or is it the next Star Wars whichever movie series? Great event. Who, you know, who who knows? We don't think we we know right this second. But um, um, Marvel, just like, you know, Star Wars has to jump on these IPs and these names. Because if not, you know, some smart, enterprising young fella or lady will... Grab them off the dark web and then sell them to them for millions of dollars. So, um, who knows? I don't know. My guess is probably going to be books. It just sounds a little odd, but it sounds more bookish than anything else. Gotcha. Andor trailer dropped. You watch it? Of course, I watched it. It looks okay. great. I it looks think, fantastic. Uh, it looks it looks really good. Uh, it looks really gritty and really nasty. You know, they're asking Cassian, "You really want to do what you need to do?" And we see the best. Uh, he calls him Ander. Ander, yeah, Ander. That's the guy from uh, Thor, right now. Yeah, that's that's Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Listen, here's the deal, dude. What's the deal, dude? It was supposed to drop the end of August. Now it's dropping September 21st. Yeah, they pushed it back for whatever reason. They also pushed back She-Hulk too for by a week. Oh, did they? Yeah, by about a week or so. And Um, uh, they said they're gonna. But here's the deal. They're they're dropping three episodes on the premiere. It's gonna be about two hours long. That's gonna be a long time, brother. That's gonna be good. I'll I'll take it. You know. So you don't mind waiting? Nah, who gives a shit? It's, you know, we're, we're going to get it eventually. Um, am I going to watch it opening night? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Depends what I'm doing. Depends what I'm working. But, um, you know, I, I don't mind when they drop who multiple episodes. Don't play coy, you fucking <laughs> mark. <laughs> I, I don't mind when they drop multiple episodes in one shot because, it, you know, it, it, it gives me a little more of a of a feel and a flavor of what they're, what they're doing. And I think I like it a little bit better than Makes just... Sense. Exactly. Then just um, the, uh, you know, one, 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 one. So 
you saw Pogoli on the yeah. uh, on, on the uh, yeah baby a little bit of what's his name um Saul Guerrero. Now, do you know he holds a record now in Star Wars? He holds a record, the record of having the laziest eye. Oh wow! To ever grace a Star Wars movie? That's is that not a, is that not? No, the I think I, th- I think the Rancor Keeper has that. He has a pretty lazy eye. Yeah. Here's here we go. Saul Guerrero's appearance in Andor say, sets a major record with character appearing in canon Star Wars movie, a video game, books, comics, every canon animated series, and now this live upcoming live action series. It's a rare feat that only the smallest handful of characters have been able to achieve in a galaxy far, far away. Wow. So he's like all over the place. He's in multimedia, print, books, cartoons, comics, the whole nine yards. Good, good. He's like the Grand Slam champion. Yeah, he's like the Miz right now. Good on you, kid. Yeah. Who do you think else? Who do you think else falls in that? Uh, I'm assuming Luke does. I'm assuming Luke Luke doesn't. Oh well, cartoons. All right, Vader. Vader. Yeah, gotta be Vader, right? Uh, Vader, Obi Obi Wan Kenobi. Probably that's it. Uh, Yoda. He's both Platoons, in Rebels. Rebels. Yep, I think Yoda falls into that one too. Yeah, no, he hasn't. He hasn't been on the series yet. On which series? Oh, on a on a on a, on a TV show. Boba Fett. Nope, he wasn't on Rebels. Nope, wasn't on Rebels. Um, the Emperor. Yeah. Right. He yeah, was on everything. Yeah. Yes. 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 Good call. Anyway, interesting. So uh, very interesting. interesting. The good that news a, that a character that's not as you know popular or not as well known or as you know the big you know a big money name like Saw Gerrera could uh, could have that feat. Cool. Do you think they he was putting all these forms of media and representation of Star Wars because people are afraid if they don't put him in, he'll make them sit with the Bogali. The Bogali. Bogali. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Listen, in the same in the same feat where we get good news that this guy's appearing all over the place, the trailer gets slammed on Twitter by the fucking SJWs all over and all these fucking snowflakes because one of the characters in the opening scene that went right before the Star Destroyer flies over the lady that's looking up in the sky. Mm-hmm. He's holding some kind of AK-47 in the shot. Like an and actual pe- AK-47? Yeah, people are getting pissed that he holds an AK-47 saying because of what's going on in the schools and uh, in Ukraine. Uh, and and it's lazy fucking directing. and Or is it lazy prop making? Or whatever. You know what I got to say to that? <sighs> Shut the Shut fuck the up. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. He took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, just more things to complain about. Nobody can ever be happy. Jesus so, Christ could come down and, and people will still complain. It's ridiculous. Of course they will. Jesus Christo, you know, it's like, yeah, you're not Jesus Christ. Um, are they complaining because it's an AK or are they complaining because, you know, it doesn't look like a Star Wars gun? That's the question. I, I, I would complain it doesn't look like a Star Wars gun, but in reality, who gives, who gives two fucking shits? I exactly. Who gives Something that I'm not going to see. Did you also see, though, speaking of and, and or trailer, that the Emperor's uh galactic uh empire symbol is now underneath his senate chambers 
in the um in the Senate, like underneath the bottom of the uh, that spinny gotcha. thing over there. I didn't notice that. Yeah, they they, they that, that was one of the Easter eggs. They pop underneath there. It's like it's like embossed into the bottom of the uh, the um the chair the uh, the the flying chair like where it sits, um which is cool. I think you know again they're sowing the seeds for the empire becoming what the empire eventually became. I think it's cool. I I agree. That's pretty cool. You know what else is cool? The ice cream maker, a.k.a. the Camtono case, and a Jedi Star Compass. The Jedi Star Compass is available at Doak Doak Ondar's Den of Antiquities in Disney's Hollywood Studios. In um, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Very nice. I I can buy an ice cream maker now. For 50 bucks. 50 bucks, not bad. It's probably empty. It doesn't come in any best car. And then oh. you gotta and then you gotta lug that stupid thing home unless you want to ship it for like 36 bucks they charge you. Do they really? Yeah, it's super expensive. I've shipped I've shipped a couple of sabers home from there and it's like it's really ridiculous. Um but uh you know I've also filled my suitcase full of fucking shit to bring home as well. So it's, I think uh, I'd be careful it might break because they, they don't take take you with care. Yeah, listen, you know, we're dads, bro. We we, we know how to pack shit up, don't worry. Came yeah. back from Mexico. Oh, oh, Sharon oh, told me you know how to pack hey, 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 baby. Come over here and confirm this with me. Um, <laughs> you earned your sandwiches. That's sir. right. I come back from Mexico. <laughs> you know, I had to pack a mug. I had to pack uh, some fucking ocean thing. I, nothing broke, baby. I was very did happy. You, uh, did you smuggle your cousin in from Mexico? I got him. I, I got nice. little Viano. He came in. <laughs> yeah, listen. Rise of Skywalker concept art came out, and Leia had a purple lightsaber, and people Ooh. were making a big deal about it. That's the, my lightsaber that has bad motherfucker on it. Nice. Um, and was it just a placeholder for her, for her to have it, or was it? It was just it, it was just, just concept them? art. That's it. And they decided not to give her a fucking purple lightsaber. I, I love but, how these guys get all bent out of shape about concept art. It's like, bro, fucking relax, please. Remember that game, Star Wars Hunters? Yes, I do. Delayed. Ooh. Star Wars: Night of the Old Republic remake. Delayed. Paused indefinitely. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, Spiro's on suicide watch, guys, so we have to find uh, out if he's all right. Where they're, where they're basically saying, yeah, this may not even happen at all. Well, you know, we heard, what, 20, 2025 or something like that initially? Fuck and now it's like, now it's like, good luck, bro. <laughs> Fuck your Yeah, yeah may never get it. <laughs> Fuck your Revan. Um, so, Star Wars number 25, which marks Charles Soule's 100th um written piece of literature with star wars right nice. congratulations to charles so he, he has four small stories going on in that book one of the stories makes the connection the forced bond between skywalker luke skywalker and kylo ren canon because in this story kylo ren is being tormented by luke he thinks luke is watching him and luke's gonna come back and haunt him because Luke, when he passed away in the hologram form, told him, see you around, kid. And they play off of that and tell a whole story of what he feels is Luke just tormenting Kylo. But Luke never shows up. So he's being very uh, paranoid about the whole fucking scenario. So they made something out of nothing, which I think is genius. Because in episode nine from Colin Trevorrow, he was going to become a force ghost that haunts him and they never they never, they never followed up on it let me ask you a question if yeah. you if you keep you know re- repeating something in your head or being worried about something or hearing somebody like you know torture you in your brain 
is it really a forced connection or is it you just fucking paranoid and just like visioning things? Because I, I, I had a hard time when I read this figuring out how this was a forced connection. Well put. And I, I didn't think about it like that. I just figured they were. It's, it's, not, it's not like Luke's actually, if Luke was actually doing it to him. No, I then, get it. Then I could say, oh, hey, yeah, okay, that's the forced connection. But it's it's him imagining or him paranoid or him thinking Luke is doing it, right? It's not actually Luke doing it. So I guess in retrospect, the actual story deriving from one sentence Right from the movie changes the whole meaning of the sentence now because of this little little mini story from Kylo. But I would say the headline used for the article is deceiving. Yeah. But them reverse engineering and making something out of nothing, which is what Star Wars does best, I would say is, in my opinion, genius. So. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm still buying it. I, you know, right. I, I, it does. It just sounds like. It's not actually, if it was Luke who was like, hey, fuck face, I'm watching you take a shit right now. Then I could see, you know, the, the, this force bond thing happening. Um, I, I want to I jump ahead about something that came out about week and change ago. That's kind of, um, I think, important. I'm surprised we didn't lead with this. I know we always lead with Marky Mark. Um, but um, <sighs> Star Wars and Disney are at it again, dude. And it's really, it's really an upsetting kind of thing here. And I know you know where I'm going to go, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's a book that's out, and uh, it's called which I, I just finished. You finished the Obi Wan book? Yes, Padawan. It was fucking great. You finished it on um on the on the on the audiobooks? Yes. Your audio audiobook machine, my friend. Um, it's because you go to the gym all the time. So anyway, in this audiobook. They are hinting, probably a little more than hinting. They are suggesting heavily that the the protagonist for this uh, series, the Padawan, which is Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, may have some gay tendencies or had some gay thoughts at some point. Now, let me read you. <clears throat> Sorry, can I? Not, you want, not, would you like to interject, or would you like me to read it first, and then we'll talk about it? Let me interject, interject. for one second. And the reason why I'm going to interject is because this is the, first of all, this is the issue. Number one, sex does not belong in Star Wars or any literature, sci-fi, whatever, unless it's organic. Like the whole scoundrel princess dynamic in the original trilogy felt organic, right? And all they did was share a kiss that was interrupted by C-3PO. And they kissed, I think, in Return of the Jedi. And that's it. Now, they didn't show them doing any lovemaking or insinuating they boned or anything like that. I feel very strongly um, that sex, your sexual preference shouldn't, def shouldn't defi define who you are as a person. If you're a homosexual... Or if you're a heterosexual, doesn't matter. If it adds to the story because it's part of the story and it's organically uh, intertwined or interwoven into the fabric of the story, then fine. This had no place being in the story 
but it kind of does in a certain way because it's about a teenage Obi-Wan Kenobi who doesn't know who he is and what he's doing in the Jedi um, order. And he's very confused, not sexually, just with everything across the spectrum, whether he should stay in the order, whether he should leave, whether he was a bad Padawan, whether he's a good Padawan. You are a bad Padawan. So the book goes into this very heavily. And at the end, you know, spoilers, it ends up being all nice and dandy, right? Because let's face it, we all know where Obi-Wan's heading. But. When I listened to this in the audio version on, on audible.com, they didn't emphasize anything regarding what these articles emphasized it. They made it a lot more. All it is is a throwaway sentence in the book. The guy talks about his brother or his sister or his, his sibling being in love with someone else on the island, on the planet, and they're kissing, and he and he wondered about it because... They're always doing it and what it felt like. And then he, the guy flirted with Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan was like taken back by it, kind of blushed, and didn't know how to react. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I mean, you can read the excerpt yourself right now verbatim. But the way, the way it was presented in this article, they made it seem like it was something that stood out and magnified it a thousandfold. When it really wasn't, it was just a one, two-sentence thing. Still didn't belong in the book. You know what I mean? It didn't take away anything from the book. But the problem is it didn't add anything to the book. You know what I mean? So just to put it in for the sake of putting it in. Because you think you're being cool and social warrior bullshit. Social justice warrior bullshit is ridiculous. Because, you know, kids read these books. And now, now you just put more fuel on the fire that's causing the divisiveness in the fan base so you're not helping the situation but whatever that's my point of view the oh, book so is the, fantastic and well, again the question is you know was it necessary did no definitely did, not was it doing anything for the story did it bring anything forward did it take a character that we know for over 40 years and completely change the dynamic not that we knew anything about ben's sexuality other than the fact that he was with Satine, right i mean could he be bi sure but why should he be bi Exactly. That's the, that's the question. But it doesn't even state that he likes boys. You know what I'm saying? The way read the passage to the fans, all twelve of them. All right, let me put down my sewing right now. I'm going to read the passage. Come on, Betsy Ross. <clears throat> oh, I know. Obi Wan smiled at the warning. Touched the casual. The castle didn't want Obi Wan getting his hopes up. I can't form attachments like that anyway. Couldn't he though? If he didn't go back. Was that something he would uh, even want? It had always been so been so forbidden. Even thinking about it was like holding his hand right next to his lightsaber. He knew some of his friends had dabbled in physical relationships, suspected Siri, would have been open to it had he ever wanted to, but it always seemed like an obstacle, not a temptation. And besides, Obi-Wan said, Rushing to change the subject for himself more than anyone. I would never want to be in a relationship with a leader. Too close to politicians or royalty. I'm sure that if I ever fell in love, it would be with someone calm, peaceful, easy to get along with. Which is the complete opposite of Satine. But go yes. On. So you want someone who doesn't challenge you? Obi-Wan laughed and shrugged. I don't know what I want, if I was being honest. 
causal mirrored his shrug. Not many choices around here. Oh, it's getting like, you know, uh, it's been prison right now. I don't think love is in my future either. Is that and your call, Brad? <laughs> and I'm fine with that. As long as I have the power to keep my family safe. That's enough for me. Though I will admit I've been curious about kissing and why Aju and Zebri enjoy it so much. So if you're ever curious, let me know. Obi-Wan blushed. I will let you know I mean. Not that I will do that right now with you or anyone. So, you know, you could see by the writing that it's giving um, the uh, the assumption that everyone's like, oh, I got a little lightsaber boner in my pants because this guy may want to kiss me. But the thing is that he goes, if you're ever curious about kissing, let me know. He didn't say kissing me. He just said kissing. Mm. Now, you could take it both ways. I know you Oh, do, yeah, he's taking it. Apparently, Obi-Wan's <laughs> taking it both ways. But again, it, it just it drops these two sentences and then it moves on. And then that's it. It's never brought back to it again. Nothing at all whatsoever. I, I understand that it's not brought back to there, but was but it needed? But it's there. No, it's there. It shouldn't be there, in my opinion. But neither should any sex scene or flirtation thing or any sex talk in Star Wars, either man on man, girl on girl, or man and girl. None of that should be there. Adam because Steve. Star Wars had a Eve. doesn't matter. In my opinion, Star Wars is for the kids and it's about family and it's about redemption and betrayal and all this stuff that that, that makes Star Wars Star Wars. This Well, well, if, if you're truly going to believe it's for the children, then you know, obviously as a conspiracy theorist, as we're indoctrinating all the children into all these things, that's a, that's, mm. that's 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 listen. That goes with the Board of Education and their leftist liberal agenda that's following the leftist world order and the liberal world order that you're trying to push all this nonsense. But let's not go down this rabbit hole because that's for another podcast. Um, if you want to get into it, you and I can have a discussion on it and we can have New Force Order talks politics. You, not you, Star Wars you, politics, but politics. You, you know, I hate talking about conspiracy theories. but What's well, not conspiracy theory? It's conspiracy fact. I know, yes. You could see it. In the, you could see it with drag queens reading freaking story fucking books to kids and having kids at you know at drag queen uh, beauty pageants and this and that and all these f teachers you know telling it's okay you know to take puberty blockers and all this other stuff. Kids are very manipulative. They, they, they you can manipulate a child to believe whatever she or he wants. At the, at the end of the day. One week they want to be a dinosaur, the next week they want to be a lawyer, then they want to be a Sith or a Jedi. So to me, they're child. Let them be children. If they want to transition later on in life, when they're 18 and older, let them transition. No big deal. Before that, uh -uh. I think it's a big red flag and a no-no. But that's just my opinion. Hopefully we don't lose viewers on it. And if we do, I'm sorry. But everyone's entitled to their opinion. And if you feel opposite than me, that's fine. I'm not going to hate you for it. Your one opinion doesn't dictate who you are as a person. It's just something that some. It's just, a, it's just how you feel about a certain matter, and that's it. That's how. That's, that's what we used to do. Us back in the day in the old school, we didn't fight over people because they had different opinions. We welcomed them. And we had discussions about it. We Unfortunately, didn't go that doesn't exist anymore. I know, but we're old school because we're old fools. But anyway, the book is good. The book is very good. Kristen Weiss did a freaking great job writing the book. It was very entertaining. I couldn't put the book down. Minus those two sentences. You, in my you mean you couldn't put your, Air, your, your AirPods down? Exactly. And 
I listened to the book and it's just like a seven hour, maybe seven and a half hour uh, listen. And I did it in two days. So maybe because I'm a big Obi-Wan mark, but it was it was very well done. You know what I mean? And yep. it was very entertaining. She did a good job, you know, and it was a good story. So it is what it is. But anyway, yeah, so that's where we're at. What's your take on it, Doc? I'm just glad it's not detracting from, uh, you know, the the main story of the of the uh, the book. It definitely does not. It doesn't add anything, and it doesn't detract anything. Yeah. So it's just really it's irritating that that would be the case. But whatever. Listen, you know, I, I don't know I, if if I wanted to do what I want to do with Star Wars, I need to come up with, you know, four point five billion dollars. Yeah, you probably can get it for a lot less now, <laughs> thanks to Disney. But I digress. Yeah, no shit. So let me ask you this, Doc. And I brought this theory to you and to Spiro and to a couple other people like Crowbar. <laughs> and he still told me the movie was shit. But The Last Jedi, when, he, when Luke reaches out and sees the darkness in Kylo and ignites the saber, sparks the green, right? The theory that's going around by an author from a Legend Star Wars book when he was on Star Wars Theories channel said... Actually, it was nerd th- nerd theory with Star Wars theory and Josh, former guest of the show, from Den of Geeks, uh, was that when he reached in and he saw the darkness of Kylo, that Luke saw the death of Han Solo at the hands of Kylo Ren. He's That's like, what he, he foreshadowed it. Yes, like he the saw future. the future, but the future isn't constant; it's always in motion, right? Like Yoda says. But that's what made him spark his lightsaber mm. because his best friend was getting slaughtered by his son. Now, tell you, tell me this. If they put that in, just that one clip where he reads his mind and then he sees Han Solo getting gutted. It would have literally changed that whole scene, made and it make so movie. much more sense. And it wouldn't have... It wouldn't have. It would have changed Luke from the eternal optimist that he always was to try to turn his father, who we knew was a bad guy, no matter what, and instead of being like, I'm just going to murder my fucking my nephew now because uh, X Y Z. But it's all about his friends, right? He loved Dagobah for his friends because they were in trouble. He sees that Han got killed. He had a reaction. He sparks his lightsaber, you know, just as a, a what do you call it? Um, instinct. Instinct. Thank you, Doc. Um, would have put another layer onto the story. Put have made the film a lot better. Hundred percent. Interesting. So, yo, Dar, uh, Dave Filoni, if you listen to this, hopefully you are. When you special edition the sequel trilogy so they can make sense, please put that in there, please. Anyhow, there's two other theories that I want to throw to your way, Doc. Let me know what you think. Bro. That they need a Luke Skywalker series to fix the sequel trilogy problems. Um... I I think they're going to do a lot of things to fix the sequel trilogy problems. Uh, I would love a special edition, like you said, but I think a Luke... You have to place it in the right timeline, so I'm assuming we're talking about uh, Jedi Academy Luke Skywalker would hopefully fix some of that stuff. And I think if they did do that, they could. Uh, because it'll tie in a lot of the shit that was wrong with him, you know, I'll throw air quotes right now. You guys can't see it on uh, on the podcast. And why he was the way he was. So I think they do need to talk about that because a lot of people, like we talked about, 
you know, the hate of The Last Jedi is basically revolving around the treatment of Luke Skywalker. So I, th- I think we need to see why he was as salty and as grizzled as he was. Okay. Another theory. Din Djarin and Luke are going to battle in season three of of Amanda. What's what's Luke got to do with, 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 with any stake in the Mandalore issues? Like, you know, but between the Darksaber and stuff. I Grogu. Think Luke gave him an option. Why would Luke go back after him to try to get him if he gave him the option to leave? If Luke wanted him, he would have told you not leaving. You're staying. I'm not giving you back to, you know, the Mandalorian. You're so going to stick around here. you don't think it's going to happen? No, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Have you? Do you remember the world Devastators from Leg- from Legends? I do remember the world Devastators. That's, that's what I call a, my penis. Nice. No, seriously, do you remember the World Devastators from uh, Dark Empire? Yes, I do. Okay, they are making a comeback. They've been here for years. Don't, Don't call, call it a comeback. A comeback. Oh. Invader 25, they, they're now back in canon, but they're not being used by the Empire, and they're not specifying the powers of the World Devastators, what exactly it does. But it's being used by traitors against the Empire. How dare you? So a little interesting twist of fate. What's your, what's your feelings on that? I, I'm a, I, I, like you, I'm always a big fan of when they bring stuff that was not canon back into canon. Um, so I'm excited that they're bringing this piece of technology that was interesting. And um, it's, uh, it's iteration in the Dark Empire and bringing it in. So I'm cool with it. And even... Giving it a little twist to turn it on its head to make it not an empire, a thing. Cool. All right, interesting. You? I'm glad. I, I'm I'm cool with it. I mean, I like you just said. I like what they take the stuff that got established in the past. They repolish it up, you know, spit on it, give it a little spit polish, and then fucking bring it back into canon. Whether they use it in the same way or not, or cherry pick what they want to use, it's fine with me. Except, except Revan. Except Revan, exactly. Okay. But uh, I want to know something. Uh, did you know Doc? Love you... is? <laughs> yeah, well played. Um, George Lucas's original Anakin backstories differed from the prequels. Did you know this? Uh, I'm sure Luke Lucas had. Well, I never noticed that Luke Lucas and Luke are you know, the you know the one iteration of each other. Um, the I'm sure George Lucas had uh, many, many backstories and many, many thoughts and many, many iterations of what he wanted to do with said Anakin Skywalker, said Darth Vader in, you know, after the the initial trilogy was uh, set out there. Because like any good writer, you know, you're going to think of one thing and then suddenly have a great idea. Someone's going to say something to you. So another bring another writer in and say, hey, why would we do this differently and then change it up? So. And that story took 20 years to tell. So I, 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 I got to imagine that there was many, many different iterations of what the backstory to Anakin was going to be. All right. Well, hold on, lady. Going to be bumpy ride. Bumpy ride. Shorty. Chow Chi. Latsu Tsangta. Hello, lady. We're going for a ride. Oh, my God. I want to let you know exactly the differences. Okay, it's 20 years before episode one, he had this story in his mind set. And this is how it differs from the prequels, okay? And you could find this all in the Star Wars archives, the book, uh, it's Star Wars archives, 1999-2005, okay? Where George Lucas outlines what the past of Anakin and Obi-Wan had been like 
now a lot of these a lot of these can be found in episode three that were used. However, there are some major differences in Anakin's stories. Uh, it, this is how it plays out. Okay, Palpatine was just some politician who was the real baddie. No one knew, uh, but still drew Anakin in and manipulated him to, to use the dark side. So that stayed the same. Similar. There, yeah. Yes. No mention of any events from the Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. There was nothing about Qui-Gon, J- uh, Jar Jar, Trade Federation, the events of the Clone Wars. The only villain that was name-dropped by George Lucas back 20 years prior to Episode 1 was the Emperor, with no mentions of Darth Maul, Count Dooku, or Grievous. So all that, I guess, was booked on the fly. Which was well, he, well, okay. he, also, he also had to you know, realize that you know, the money's in the toys, baby. So he had to uh, make up uh, very toyetic uh, characters. George Lucas's description of Anakin's life suggests that there's no such thing as the prequel Jedi Order. Instead, it seemed like the Jedi would be more like individual monks who would go on missions throughout the galaxy instead of having an order. Uh, the difference, how the Jedi initially were going to be killed... There was no Order 66. What happened was, it was Anakin himself. It was Order 69! <laughs> it, <laughs> it was Anakin himself who was out going to kill several Jedi on different occasions. Anakin would kill the Jedi who somehow wronged him during their missions, and they would return, and then he would return as if nothing happened. There'd oh, be a mystery. Oh, he'd be like the Phantom Menace. Yes, and there'd be some mystery regarding who or what was killing the Jedi. At the shocking reveal from Obi-Wan, at the end he finds what out it was Anakin. In the original Pat in the original plan, Padme was only going to learn about her husband turning to the dark side after the fight between Anakin, who is now Darth Vader, and Obi-Wan. After realizing that the Emperor had rescued Darth Vader from the volcano, Obi-Wan would explain to Mrs. Skywalker what had happened to her husband and that it was him, Darth Vader, who was killing the Jedi across the galaxy. As such, it seems Padme was not going to play that much of a big role in Anakin's fall to the dark side, which differs from how things played out in Revenge of the Sith, which I think in Revenge of the Sith does a better job because it's all about what's love got to do, mm-hmm. got to do with it. Well, he had to have a turn, you know, for the why he was doing all this. Exactly. What's love? But a second-hand you know, emotion. Not just because uh, some Jedi pissed him off and he wanted to kill him. So, funny story. Uh, this past weekend, I was in Virginia, Virginia Championship Wrestling, and after <laughs> yuck, the show, yuck, oh, yuck, yuck. Virginia, right? <laughs> and after the show, we went to grab a bite to eat at this dive bar, right? Crack a barrel? No, it was just a dive bar. I think it was called Winners, right? We walked that, in. That, that's a uh, very ironic in uh, West Virginia. <laughs> yes, exactly. Stole the joke. Thank you. Yeah, um, and, 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 and you know why they call it Winners? Because the guy who owns it has three teeth in his mouth. Exactly, because the toothbrush was invented in West Virginia, in Virginia, because if it was invented anywhere else, according to Bobby Heenan, it would be called a toothbrush. Anyhow. Um, One of the greatest heels of all time. The greatest heel of all time, Bobby Heenan. Anyhow, point being is, the reason I'm bringing it up is, we were, they had karaoke, and this one lady was wearing like her Sunday fucking church dress, right? And she was singing this fucking song, What's Love Got to Do With It? But she killed it. She was like fucking Aretha Franklin, bro. It was fucking awesome. And then some fucking schlep 
gets on and does Enter Sandman. And it, Helen Keller could have done a better Enter Sandman than this fucking guy. It was horrible. Holy yeah. cow. Stay home next time, Stockade. <laughs> we, have, we have to stop, stop making fun of Alvin Alvarez since he got booked higher than you in some show coming up. He didn't get booked higher than me. I didn't get booked higher. I got him booked. Fucking guy. <laughs> the main event. It's okay. Keep someone it keeping. Keep it keeping. Someone has to do the job. Uh, okay. Now, direct consequence of Padme only learning about Anakin having fallen to the dark side after the final fight is that she would have not died of shock and sadness after facing a fully corrupted Anakin. Except, uh, instead, Mrs. Skywalker would give birth to the twins a few months later uh, and with and with um, no complications, Obi-Wan would then suggest that Luke and Leia had to be separated as it did happen in Revenge of the Sith. However, Obi-Wan would not give Luke and Leia to Anakin's brother, Owen, and his wife, Peru, but rather to some random family in Tatooine. In addition, Padme herself was going to take Leia to Alderaan. Padme would help raise Leia for a while before dying, which would have avoided one of the biggest Star Wars inconsistencies. How could Leia remember her mother when Padme died at childbirth? Eventually, George Lucas' story evolved to something different. Yada, 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 yada. Fucking yada. So what do you think? Uh, I think I'm happy with the way things went down. I think half the shit they talked about there is going to be very difficult to explain and going to be a little bit of bullshit. I agree. But they also were going to fit this all in one movie. It wasn't a three-movie thing. Good so. luck on that. Exactly. Um, and I'm happy that we, we got three movies. Me too. Do you know why rebel ships are faster than the empires? Because they mod them like they were Mexicans. Holy fuck. How did you know? I read the article. Empire ships come off the line and they just use them stock. The rebels have changed the engines, changed the flux capacitors to make it go 88 miles per hour. Um, so they can go in time and do all this crazy shit. And they've, you know, hodgepodge together like a little typical rice rocket that you see running around fucking Queens Boulevard. Like a hot rod. Exactly. Much to uh, George Lucas's uh, happiness since he loves hot rods. And not Roddy Piper. <laughs> Never throw rocks in my man holding a machine gun. Every time they ask me the questions, I change the answers. Anyway. Sp- speaking of hot rod, uh, I saw some funny comments underneath a uh, photo wait, of, wait. Ron- of-, of Ronda Rousey and her husband. That WWE had put up, uh, somebody was like, um, uh, you know, name this duo or something like this. And somebody was like, oh, uh, two dudes who like to beat up chicks because <laughs> <laughs> her <laughs> husband slap his ex-wife or something like that. But I popped. That's awesome. Did you know General Grief is, his debut is now canon again? This is the, uh, the, the Tarkovsky debut or the... Yes. So there was a debut of him, like, what, defeating seven different Jedis and three of them were on the council simultaneously battle, or something like that? The Battle of Hippory, H-Y-P-O-R-I. Grievous faced seven Jedi simultaneously, including two Jedi council members, killing four Jedis and severely injuring three, who oh. barely escaped with their lives. This epic reveal of the cyborg general became a non-canonical legend along with the rest of the Tarkovsky Clone Wars in favor of Lucas's 3D series from the showrunner Dave Filoni. But now, wait, there's more. In Obi-Wan number three, released on July 27th by Christopher Cantwell and Alessandro Merac- Miracolo, it confirms 
Grievous's involvement in the early Clone Wars battles, as well as his Jedi slaughter, as seen in the 2003's Clone Wars 2D animated series. So, they mentioned it in the book, the Battle of Hippery, and he was mentioned about it in this comic book, so now it's canon again. That's cool. And I think the fact that we, we already have a, uh, an action shot of that um, to make it even more canon is even better. You know me about the, uh, the about Clone Wars. I love them. Yes. The more clones, the better. Star Wars explains the crucial difference between Jedi and Sith lightsabers. Did you read this one? I did read this one. Um, that did you like this uh, one? I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, the fact that the, the Jedi's lightsaber stands for hope. There's for light, and the Sith is more so of a fear kind of thing, and, and the Sith really don't use their lightsabers. They're more it's more of a symbolic weapon. They mostly use the uh the dark side of the force than anything else, which you know we actually saw that happen on the Obi-Wan Kenobi show where Vader didn't even give Reva the time of day to whip out his lightsaber and just beat the living piss out of her with the dark side of the force and then her own lightsaber. So um I think it's an interesting concept uh, how, you know, two diametrically opposed um, adversaries use the same weapon. And but it, it has a, a very different meaning um, to them and to their opponents. So I, I never thought about it before, but I, I think it's a pretty cool concept. I'm with you. I concur. Do you concur? I, I concur, doctor. Thank you. So speaking about Darth Vader, the Konobi series, Hot Toys. Uh, dropping the fucking uh, Kenobi with a busted hel- helmet. How much you yeah. you gonna buy this one, aren't you? Uh, I have not pulled the trigger on it yet. Why? Um, because I have. So, I have let, me, let me let me count around the room right now. Let's see, uh, there's one Vader there. There's another one behind it. There's Anakin as Vader right there. There's another Vader from the Empire Strikes Back box because it's a dope box that I have, which is the same fucking Vader as the other one I got. And then this new Vader is pretty much the same as the rest of the Vaders, except the fact that it's got that. Fucking cracked helmet that looks so fucking amazing. It was one of the greatest <laughs> scenes in all of fucking Star Wars. It is more than likely going to set me back three fucking bills. <laughs> I knew this was going to bother you. Oh, you know, you know, you, you know it does. And you, and, and you bullied me into buying that Boba Fett a couple, a couple months. I didn't bully you into anything. You fucking did. You know you did. Don't spend my hard-earned money over here. Yeah. Um, okay. Mr. Fucking, that's like only a fucking drop well, of the fucking... All that free COVID money I got during the COVID pandemic. Um, <laughs> it's, yes, uh, the pandemic. Yes, exactly. It, it's It really, I mean, it comes to two heads. One of them is the normal Vader head, and one of them is the other Vader head. And the, and the lights, I'm sure, are the, the green and red lights he had during the Obi-Wan series. And not the blue and red and whatever the yellow shit that he had all over the place. But um, uh, the head is the cell point, man. I haven't really looked like I, I, I glanced at it briefly because I think the more I look at it, the more I'm going to want to buy it. Um, but the real like the pushover for me would be that if that it lights up from the bottom. Like red and blue, I, I'm done. Like, what am I going to do? I'm, how am I not going to fucking buy that? And I'll be sitting there all day long going, Anakin is dead. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I killed Anakin. Oh, I killed Anakin, Obi-Wan. I'm not your failure. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker is dead. I am what remains. I'm like, oh. All day long, I'll be sitting right is there. That, is that you farting or coming? It's both. <laughs> At the same time? Feels great. 
little cottage cheese drip right there. Anyway, um, your boy Cal Kestis. Rumors are that he's getting a live action series. Uh, well, he, you know, which is face Moynihan, who played the Joker in Gotham, um, was uh, interviewed and they had asked him about, you know, the potential for having Cal Kestis in the um, in the live action stuff. He goes, well, you know, no one's ever asked me, but you never know. Some gimmick like that, you know, as usual. No, no, no. His exact words were, well, of course there's interest. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. Interest on whose on whose part? That's that's the wrong Joker. That's the question. His fans. He just left it open ended, like a two dollar hooker, brother. That's smart guy. Um, you know, now people are talking about it, so yeah, good on him. Whatever, whatever. Marketing, merchandising, marketing. Smart guy. Shit. But uh, we do a segment here. On the new Force Order called From a Certain Point of View. It was inspired by that liar, betrayer, manipulator, Obi-Wan Kenobi that we all love. So, two topics I want to talk about real quick. And I felt like it, f- it fit onto the motif of From a Certain Point of View. Is that both Yoda and Palpatine are to blame for the prequel Jedi weakness. In Star Wars number 20, Luke learns through the spirit of an ancient Jedi a different way to perceive the Force and its will. The Jedi's name is Elzar Mann, who lived through the High Republic era and studied the ways of the Force, tells Luke that whoever is gifted with being a Force-sensitive should open themselves to the Force's will. In other words, a Jedi or any Force-sensitive should be an instrument of the Force and not the other way around. According to Elzar Mann, the Jedi should be what the Force demands them to be on each occasion. That is exactly the opposite of what, Je- what the Jedi Order and its leader, Yoda, taught as they established a strict Jedi code that remained unaltered for hundreds of years, indirectly Holding the Jedi off. So what do you think about that, Doc? They blame the little green guy because... He's a scapegoat. Exactly, Um, because instead of wielding the Force, the Force should wield you. Just like Qui-Gon says. He's true Jedi. And also with you. Um, (laughs) Too much altering. Um... It's an interesting concept. Uh, I think the, you know, what would be Yoda's, I'm, I'm just going to retrofit this here. What would be Yoda's motive to do this, to not provide the Jedi Padawans and the trainees and the rest of the council with the true meaning and usage of the force what would he gain out of that control control or 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 is it um i'm trying to think it's like religion 10 commandments yeah but but what because so you 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 put a governor on the on the people who are using it to prevent them from getting the power getting more power 
not getting more power, but wielding the power for their own personal situations. Any way they see fit, which means that without order, there's chaos. And in chaos, it's hard to control. If you have 50 million Jedis running around the fucking galaxy doing whatever they think the Force is telling them what to do, there's a lot of room for error. That's called schizophrenia. You know? The voices in my head that are flying around in my blood have told me that, uh, um, so, I don't know, you know, Yoda is such an altruistic, great being that he's been portrayed as, you know, could he have done this intentionally to prevent, you know, to, to keep order in the Jedi Order? You know, to make it in order and not, like you said, chaos? And prevent them from reaching their maximal potential. We'll put it this like way. Like we saw in, you know, in, in characters like Kylo Ren and Rey. Put it this way. Right? Not to get all touchy-feely with today's type of fucking environment. But to compare it to today's environment. So people can get a better understanding. You're supposed to get a certain medical procedure that's going to prevent you from getting sick. Right? Getting the Rona, let's say. And this medical procedure now instilled two shots. One of them had one shot. They were proclaiming that it, you can never get sick. That was the selling point. Just do it. Don't be selfish. Yada, yada, yada. Then there was a booster. Now there's two boosters. And the biggest cheerleader of them all just got sick twice with the same fucking thing. And he has all four shots, allegedly, if he wasn't given placebo shots. All these shots now, all these tests are coming out because now more and more time has passed by and the shots have done more harm than good, calling, causing myocarditis. Uh, I don't know about all that. Relax. Take it easy. Hold that's, on. That, that's and they, they even made up a fucking sudden adult death syndrome. They made up a fucking disease. So people are dying suddenly. Oh, let's call it sudden adult death syndrome because we can't explain it. That's not science. But I digress. So... They're getting people to follow the rules because it's easier to control the public instead of having disarray. Same thing with the Jedi. If certain people decided to act in anger or act a certain way by using the force because the force put them in a certain situation, then that could lead to the dark side, according to Yoda. So if you prevent them from ever feeling any attachments, any fear, any fucking hate or anything like that, then you're, 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 you're hedging your bets and you're, you're making sure... That they'll never fall down that path to go to the dark side. That's from his point of view, in my opinion. That's very 1984. It is. It is. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? It worked. Because all these Padawans, out of all the thousands and thousands and thousands of Padawans and, and younglings and Jedi Knights and Jedi Masters over the countless of hundreds of years, there's what, 22 or 23 that have turned to the dark side? Maybe 25, let's say. That's, that's good returns right there. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? So, anyhow. So, let's go. There's another one I want to throw you away. Yoda and Palpatine taught Luke and Anakin the exact same lesson. Like they did in the My Cousin Vidi. Ah, identical. Anyway. Ah, <laughs> Yoda and Palpatine could not be more different teachers. 
and yet their lessons to Luke and Anakin Skywalker perfectly mirror each other. Palpatine's teachings to Anakin in Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, secretly mirrors Yoda's lessons to Luke in Empire Strikes Back. And it's all about patience. Not Axl Rose, fucking Guns N' Roses, little patience. But it's about patience. Great song. Oh, love that song. I'm a big GNR mark. No matter in which order a person watches Star Wars chronologically or by release, these thematic parallels become evident. Obviously, there are also some Star Wars canon mistakes created by the non-linear releasing strategy, such as the question why Leia remembers her mother. Still, despite the retcons, George Lucas has managed to create a series of movies that worked as one single story, the rise, the fall, the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. One element that helped bridge the Star Wars prequels with the originals is the presence of key characters in both trilogies, including Yoda and Palpatine. While Obi-Wan had already introduced Luke and the viewers to the concept of the Force, it was only in The Empire Strikes Back that Luke had extended training with the great warrior, Master Yoda. One of the first statements that Yoda makes regarding Luke is how the boy lacks patience. Luke could not stop asking for Yoda to train him and did not even want to wait for the training to be complete before heading to Bespin's Cloud City to save Han and Leia. Yoda almost refused to train Luke due to that lack of patience. And even after the training progressed, the Jedi Master still had to control Luke's eagerness for fast results. In an interesting parallel, Palpatine accuses Anakin Skywalker of lacking patience in Revenge of the Sith, although with very different goals. Palpatine wanted to highlight Anakin's patience and anger issues, but not to help him solve them. Instead, the Sith Lord, Dark Sidious, secretly wanted Anakin to nurture those feelings. Anakin's arc in Revenge of the Sith is almost exactly the same as Luke's in Empire Strikes Back, including the haunting visions of a loved one in danger. The tragic, the tragic difference between the stories was the masters. Master, master. Both Luke and Anakin were impulsive, reckless, and had a great fear of losing their loved ones. For Yoda, that was a synonym for a challenging student. For Palpatine, that was an opportunity to bring someone to the dark side of the Force. I dig it. I think it's true. And I, you know, honestly, when I, when I, when I read this, I said, hmm. I said, that's an interesting concept because, yes, you know, we, we know Luke's story. We know how he was headstrong. We knew how he didn't listen to Yoda when he wanted to go into battle. Um, and Yoda was trying to pull him back. And the Emperor did the same thing with with uh, Anakin. Um, and what did Anakin do? He lunged head forward to go fight his foe when the Emperor probably thought he wasn't quite ready for Kenobi as, as, of, as of yet. Because he knew how, how dangerous Kenobi was, just like Luke went after Vader and lost. And they both lost. So the, the mirror between the two is there. And again, you know, Star Wars does it again. It's poetry. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah, it rhymes. It's like poetry. We should put that voice in every time. Yeah. No, not all poetry rhymes. It wasn't a haiku. So. Haiku? Yeah. Tough <laughs> motherfucker. 
Yes. Nice motherfucker, too. So we also do another segment here called You Just Made, made the list. list. You Just Made the List. How do you say that in Spanish? Tú eres en un listo. Wow, listo. Nice. So what we do is we get lists off the interwebs about Star Wars, and we go through these lists, and we see whether or not they're great or if they're basura. Scata. Me first. Me first. Me first. Scata. Scata. Puzzo. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Hold on. I gotta we only have five of them this week. So. I know. Okay. Here we go. Uh, I'm doing the first one. This is a I good know. one. I like this one. Uh, 10 best Star Wars helmets from the <laughs> movies and TV shows ranked. Darth helmet, number one. No. Um, I bet she gives great helmet. And Anakin's, Anakin's little burnt helmet. Uh, number 10, Bosch, which was the uh, mask that Princess Leia wore to go save Han Solo. And I thought the Bosch mask was very, it was always very interesting. Like, it's like, where's his eyeballs? His eyeballs come out of those little fucking, you know, Kit Kat holes that he has in the middle over there. Or is it that visor that from the top over there? Is that actually a helmet or is it actually really his head? It was always very confusing. You know, when I was young, I had the little plastic helmet from the figure I used to put on my pinky. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to fit on my little pinky hand and that. Jumping, I, jamming up your ass. Yeah. No, I remember chewing on it because it was rubber. Of course. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and you take it off Leia. Leia's got a little braid in her hair. She's like, oh. Uh, so Bosch was number 10. Uh, I thought, I think it's a pretty cool helmet. I think it deserves to be I, I agree. Okay. Some of the bullshit. Scout Trooper. So that, now I think the Scout Trooper helmet is actually a very interesting helmet. It's, It's got this unique design to it that looks kind of streamlined that... You would think that if they were riding on a speeder, they would need a helmet that's streamlined and not as big as the Stormtrooper helmet that would not be as good with the airflow coming through it. So I think it's a cool helmet. Um, I thought it was great when we first saw it, and I think it probably also deserves to be in this list. Here's one that does not deserve to be on this list. The Inquisitor's helmet. Which one? They're talking about the rice patty on the fifth brother, whatever he's fifth brother, third brother, eighth brother, whatever, the Asian guy. That's the, the dumbest fucking helmet I've ever seen in the Star Wars universe. The one that looks like mm -hmm. a fucking Chinaman hat. Yes, the, okay. the, the the rice paddy hat. Why that's on it is completely beyond me. But okay, um, terrible. Anyway, number seven, Kylo Ren. Now I think Kylo Ren's helmet, his mask, should be actually higher on the list because I, I agree. Think it's, a really cool mask. I remember the first time I saw it, I was super intrigued as to what's going on and who's behind that mask and what was happening. Remember when there was a whole image of Luke actually being behind that mask as Kylo Ren, which popped me Im immensely. I didn't, I didn't put this article in, but did you read the article um, about no. the original plans of Kylo Ren's backstory in the movie? I think I briefly looked at it. I that can't he was supposed that. to be a grave robber and stealing oh, all the no. Sith artifacts as, no, a grave, as a grave robber. And he'd have any connection to Han Solo or Princess Leia. Nah, and he was a Jedi killer. That's what he was known for. Mm. And, he, and they said it was too dark for Disney. That's too dark for Disney? Okay. Let me kill my dad. Hold on a second here. Hold my beer. Um, so seven, Kylo Ren. Uh, hold on. I lost the article. I got to go back. Uh, I think Kylo should be higher on that list, like I said. Um, Agreed. Because totally the, agree. the, I think that's one of the one of the hits that Disney got was the, was the look of that mask. I kind of like the way the back of the mask looks, which is almost like Vader's that it flaps out, but yeah, it's not like as the, big. The little flange that comes on the back. Yeah. Looks very also very uh, samurai-ish. Yes. Okay. Kylo. Uh, the Royal Guard. So they're talking about the red characters from the... Uh, 
initially popped in Empire Strikes Back when they had that okay. long, like kind of almost almond-like helmet, which I think is cool. Yes, I agree with they should be on there. Rebel pilot helmet. Mm. Yes. Uh, which one? The X-wing. It does. Yeah, the X-wing one. Of course. But the first one, Luke's X-wing pilot. Yeah, but it's just like a motorcycle helmet. Like I think that should be probably number ten because it's a very boring, like human, the humanoid okay, it's helmet a little high. on there. But five, yeah, definitely not. It shouldn't be five. I, 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 I agree with the historical context of it and what it means, but I don't think it should be that high because, again, it's just kind of like a boringish motorcycle helmet. Uh, number four. Well, this one's a little controversial. The Stormtrooper helmet. Which one? The original one. Okay. I agree. So now, so now I, you know, it's maybe because I've seen it a zillion times. It's like it's almost like, you know, commonplace right now. But it's, it's. A weird kind of clunky design. It was definitely new. I can tell you that. It's definitely innovative. But does it belong to be a number four on the list? Above Kylo's helmet. Above the Scout Troopers helmet. I would say the Scout Troopers helmet is probably more interesting than the than the Sword Trooper helmet. That's debatable. It's debatable. Yes. Oh, but and above the Royal Guard. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Number. Th- Three, the clone trooper. Now, I mean, you could almost phase like, one or phase two. Uh, doesn't really specifically say here. Looking at, uh, it shows Cody, but then it talks about attack of the clones. Um, That's phase two. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I think if you're going to put a trooper helmet, well, actually, that's phase one. High on the list, it's going to be the stormtrooper, and not the, the the clone trooper helmets. No, I, I disagree. Like, like the clone trooper better than the stormtrooper? Phase two clone trooper helmet is a lot better than. Any of the Stormtrooper helmets. Why? Because it has a little more of a Boba Fett aspect in, 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 in involved in it? No, I just like the way it looks. It's more aesthetically pleasing. Number two, the Mandalorian or Mandalorian helmet uh, as two. You know, they're throwing Boba in there and Mando in there. So I think it's, you know, it's hard to. That would have been number one on my list. How is that going to be number one over the number one helmet on this list, which is Darth Vader's helmet? I Darth mean, Vader, I, I like. I like the Mandalorian helmet a lot better than Darth Vader's helmet. Wow, I don't know. I just think the Vader. I think a lot of that list has to do with the nostalgia effective thing, and there's no way anybody's beating Vader. Well, listen, the design concept for, in my opinion, for Boba's helmet or any Mandalorian helmet is a lot better than Vader's helmet. A Vader's helmet is menacing. It looks cool, but then you got this fucking dead. The, the fucking Underneath the chin part is dead fucking, dead fucking yeah, space. That's good though. And you got this big fucking bulky fucking helmet that looks, like look like, looks like a fucking Nazi helmet. Like, eh, I, I see what they were going for. I'm not saying it's a bad helmet, not by any stretch of the imagination. But I, in my opinion, the Jedi are evil. Yeah, pop. Um, you know, all week I've been hearing at last in a sentence, and the first thing that pops in my head is fucking. Uh, we will reveal ourselves. Yes, our last move. <laughs> I do that all the time. People, people will say something, and I, I immediately follow up with the, with the Star Wars line that goes after that. And they're just looking at me like, huh? I'm like, eh, forget it. Forget it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Eh, okay, good list. Next one. 10 Star Wars plot holes Obi-Wan Kenobi help fix. Yeah, Satine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Let's see. Number 10. The show explains Owen's attitude problem. Okay. That's, listen, he was a, a cantankerous old man. Makes sense now. Leia's force sensitivity makes it clear why she remembers the, their mother. 
Yeah. No, that's a stretch because she wasn't very sensitive during the show. Yeah, what did she do in the show that was so force sensitive? Nothing. She was just sassy. Tala's sacrifice explains Leia's rebel origin. Okay. She was always rambunctious and rebellious, but maybe that yeah. was a spark she, she needed. To do it for Tala. The show allows Obi-Wan to grieve for his friends. Okay. Well, that was the PTS thing, the you know, D thing as well. Number six, Leia flying through space makes sense now. No, yeah, it doesn't. Number five, the show explains why Obi-Wan lives so far away. Yeah, because he, he the, the rent's cheaper? I guess so. The audience learns there are more Jedi who survived Order 66. Okay. No biggie. Number three, Kenobi reveals that Obi-Wan cares about Leia too. No shit. Well, I think it's, you know... It's it was an important thing. We talked about this before that, you know, he just wasn't for the boy. Which he seemed to be for the boys. Well, clearly we know that he is for the boys, but um, that he had a relationship with her as well. Number two, Ben Solo's name suddenly makes sense. OK, we know that. Number one, he betrayed and murdered your father. That so, line now is. It makes sense. Yep. Because it came straight from the horse's mouth. Wouldn't it be interesting, I could tell you this, let's think of this, if Leia actually didn't know that Ben Kenobi was the one that saved her, when, you know, and not ben, Obi-Wan Kenobi was the one who saved her at the, um, you know, in, in, in the show. And the whole message that she sent him was unknown that it was him. And the fact that she named her son after him wasn't after Obi-Wan Kenobi, but after the Ben, the guy that she had interactions with. That's actually saved her. Because they, they could have done that by just calling him Ben the whole time in front yeah, of her. But she did call him Obi-Wan. But he did get called Obi-Wan in front of her by multiple people. And both Reva, the Indian guy, Raja, whatever his name was. Hush. They all called they called him fucking Obi-Wan in front of her. So she put two and two together. And at the end she calls him Obi-Wan. But that scene now. It still makes sense because at the end of the fucking episode, the last episode, he tells her, uh, will I ever see you again? Maybe. But people may should not know that we know each other because it's dangerous for you and for me. So it has to be kayfabe he's telling her that we know each other and we're friends. Yeah. But I, I think it would have worked out better if, if he kept the kayfabe the whole time and never revealed that he was Obi-Wan Kenobi to her. And she, and she wouldn't even have known. You know, she would have heard from a father about Obi-Wan Kenobi and not Ben, the guy that saved her. And she names... Her son, Ben, not after Obi-Wan. Yeah, but the problem is this. Episode four. When Luke, the stormtrooper, he goes, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And she jumps up all happy than a pig of shit. Ben Kenobi, where? She already knows his last name is Kenobi. So even Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ben Kenobi, there has to be some connection. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe Kenobi's like Skywalker. It's a Smith. No, it's not a Smith. Skywalker's not even a popular name. Antilles is the popular it's, name. It's, it's a Smith of the Star Wars universe. There you go. You're anyway. Up. You're up. All right, I'm up. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right, nine times Obi-Wan Kenobi broke his own rules. Number nine, letting a fellow Jedi be killed by the Inquisitors, as we saw on his TV show, because he wouldn't have done that because he would have been protecting Jedi. But he was already, you know, not into the force and didn't want to deal with anything that happened. <laughs> Fuck your couch. His time as Reiko Hardeen. Uh, oh, I, hate it. I hated that. When he is above using intelligence to guile to resolve things, he faked his own death, pretended he was Reiko Hardeen, undercover, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how that goes against his, uh, his, um, 
his things, his depths of his feelings for Satine. We know this already because he was loyal to the order and not loyal to the uh, vagina. Um, taunting his opponents in combat. So we know that Obi-Wan is a, a skilled swordsman and he's a, you know, a Jedi of Jedis. But he, um, he also had the ability to talk some shit while he was uh, throwing down the lightsaber, which in reality wasn't very Jedi-like or wasn't very Obi-Wan Kenobi-like, which is interesting. But hey, listen, who doesn't fucking like a dude who talks a little shit while he's giving you an ass beating? Right, Papadon? Yes, sir. There you go. Gotta get my, that heat, brother. I know what myself. That's what he was doing. Cheap heat. Um, letting Anakin live on Musafar. So, so you know, we talked about this many, many times. He has potentially a very great, maybe the greatest Sith uh, warrior that has just turned um, from the Jedi. He knows how powerful Anakin is, and he still decided to let him live and not kill him on Musafar, which in reality, as his you know Jedi ways would have made him, he should have finished off Anakin there. But even again, e- even the Kenobi series too. Yep, he couldn't. You're my brother, Anakin. Um, number four, For wishing, democracy. Exactly. Wishing to challenge the Emperor himself. That was interesting. After Order 66 devastates the Jedi, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and Yoda, the only two able to respond quickly to events on Coruscant. Due to the seriousness of the situation, they decide that each need to fight either Palpatine and Vader. Because of his personal ties with Anakin, Obi-Wan pleads with Yoda to be allowed to fight the Emperor. Now, that would have been an interesting twist, right? Obi-Wan wanting to challenge the Emperor is an entirely understandable reaction. However, he has spent a lot of time admonishing Anakin for being ruled by his emotions and not focusing on the best course of action. By pleading to fight the Emperor instead of Anakin, Obi-Wan slips into the same trap briefly. Now, do you think Yoda told him to go fight Anakin because he couldn't handle the Emperor power-wise? Or do you think he realized that if he... if if Obi-Wan goes, there's still a chance he can try to turn him back to the light because of their relationship. I think it's both. I think okay. Yoda made a tactical decision where he said, listen, this Sith has been hiding from us. I know he's super powerful. He just killed four of fucking Jedis in one shot. There's no way Obi-Wan's going to be able to deal with him. I'm the best one suited to deal with him because I, whatever my you know fighting style is, form, form green, um, there's, Obi-Wan's going to get killed by him. And I am going to be unsuccessful to try to turn Anakin back to the light side because Anakin has no connection to me except when I was like slapping him in the cheeks when he was a little Padawan. Um, so I think he made a tactical decision to put the emotional portion of Obi-Wan to Anakin and the powerful portion of him to the Emperor. Okay. Um, fighting Darth Maul in anger after Qui-Gon's death. So we saw that definitely pop up where Qui-Gon gets shish and he's like, no! And then he comes out like a fucking house. If I guess the hot tag door opens, he comes out like a house of fire. Blows his comes back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, comes out. You could see the anger in Obi-Wan as he's doing that, which is not a very Jedi way, right? Anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Um, getting involved in Leia's rescue after the fall of the Republic, Obi-Wan decides his life to watching over, dedicates his life to watching over young Luke to keep him safe. Um, Obi-Wan suffers a miserable existence at Tatooine. When Bounty Hunters kidnap Leia, Father Bell comes to Obi-Wan for help. Ref- initially refuses. Um, eventually, however, his own guilt and Bell's faith with him win him over, and Obi-Wan does a lot of good in going after Leia. I don't know how that goes against you know who he is. Like, I guess because who he became, maybe, because he wanted to be a hermit and stay and watch Luke, and now he had to be pushed out to do that. I mean, okay. And number one, letting Anakin fall to the dark side. Um I don't think it's his fault. Yeah. 
uh, well, what's the name of this article? Ten, nine times Obi-Wan broke his own rules. What rule was that? Never go to the dark side? Never put your pink in the stink? Obi-Wan is a good master at Anakin, and the two have one of the closest emotional bonds um, somewhere between paternal and brotherly. However, the, the detriment of the galaxy, Obi-Wan fails to uphold the standards that he expects of himself and are expected of the Jedi Master by letting Anakin fall to the dark side. Okay, that makes sense now. He was a shitty master. God. I don't okay. think so. Just because his Padawan fucking, you know, got a little putang, and, you know, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. You know what I mean? Yep. Um. Okay, let's see. Let's skip the Bad Batch one because it kind of sucks. If you okay. want to do the uh, early Obi-Wan life, we can finish with that. Okie dokie. Okie Dr. Jones. <laughs> Ten things you didn't know about Obi-Wan early life in Star Wars. He was from the planet Stujan. Well, that's where the that's where the other three guys were, the three Stujans. <laughs> you think cuz he was a fucking stooge? Uh let's see. Number 9, as a Padawan, he was known for being disobedient. Okay? Which um, is great because they you know, they saddled him with one of one of the most disobedient Padawans on the planet, on the galaxy. Well, well to be honest with you, he's more in the book Padawan, he's more of a stickler for the rules. And I don't know if you're going to read the book, but spoiler alert, it's broke, brought to his attention that Qui-Gon Jinn didn't pick him as a Padawan. He was given to Qui-Gon by Yoda. And that hurt him because he's like, yo, that's not supposed to, how it was supposed to go down. Why didn't he want to pick me? What's wrong with me? Which adds to his, you know, his teenage confusion. It's almost like him going through puberty, but instead yeah. of getting laid... It's about him becoming a Jedi, you know what I mean, and being a better yeah, Padawan. He got big last in the dodgeball game. Yeah. He was born 57 years before the Battle of Yavin. Well, no shit. Um, number seven, Obi-Wan spent an entire year on the planet of Mandalore. We know that. Where he met Satine. He may have had a brother. We found that out uh, in the series. Qui-Gon Jinn initially struggled to teach him. Yes, very true. He used Form 4 for a long time. Now he uses a stranger. <laughs> now he uses a, a, 1199, a 1099. He met Dexter Jester as a teenager. While Obi-Wan investigated the attack on Padme's life at Tamika Clothes, however... Uh, you know, he walked into the Dynamax, you know, smashed with his friend's friend Dex. However, we won, and Dexter actually met as teenagers. Obi-Wan went on a mission by himself to the planet Lenara in the unknown regions. And guess what? That's what the what that is the storyline of the book Padawan. Dexter's in the book. Nice. It's awesome. Because when you when he reveals himself, he just says, I'm Dex. Oh no shit, it's Dexter's Jester before he went on the diner. Okay. He, he began following the code religiously out of pettiness. Okay? And number one, Satine Cries gave him the nickname Ben. Ah. And I think the nickname she gave him was Bend because that's what he made her do. But in reality, they, the, they shortened the Ben. So that was, you just made the list. Doc, anything you want to add? I think that's it, man. We covered a lot of shit this week. Um, it was almost two weeks worth of shit because you yeah, were gone. I know. Sorry, I apologize. I wasn't. I refuse to podcast now on vacation, baby. I'm just chilling. 
First and foremost, you don't have to apologize. The people will get what they get when they get it and when we deliver it. Because it's it's our podcast. And you know what? They're on our time. We're not on theirs. They're, They're the fans. We're the puppet masters. We deliver the content. And that's it. Not to be an asshole about it, but just that's the way it goes. We're not getting paid for this. And if these people want to pay us for it, just send us fucking money. Different story. You know? Yeah, I'm with you, brother. You know, you don't have to apologize. We gave him, hopefully we gave him an entertaining show. I want to take this time to apologize for absolutely nothing. (laughs) Tremendous. First and foremost, let me give a shout out to the sisters, Holly. Uh, She gave me birthday presents. Um, two t-shirts. One is Public Enemy and has a stormtrooper and then the fucking targeting. Nice, that's dope. And the other one is an Iron Maiden design shirt. This is Iron Maul. Fucking dope. And she took a big picture of me in the match doing my flying European that I do usually mm-hmm. on uh, Cabana Man Dan and she blew it up to 1114 in black and white. It's a fucking dope picture. I actually framed it. Nice. Uh, so thank you to her. Very, very cool. And shout out, woman. Yes, and shout out to uh, Jimmy and Samantha, two fans from Virginia who are huge, huge lucha fucking fans. Um, They also got me birthday gifts, uh, and they brought it to the show. They actually got me a lucha mask, that's a a a Spartan helmet. So where they get get that from? From Mexico. And they also got me a, a lucha mask, which hasn't come in yet because it's taking forever, which is Darth Maul with the horns and everything. But it's a lucha mask. Oh, you're going to put that on now because of the ring? I'm going to put it on when I peg you. <laughs> Secret. Uh, you don't know. I'm into that shit. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 oh god come on right. guys <laughs> come on guys i can't hold look what i got look what i got i mean look at me you got everything man i mean come on look what i gotta fucking go around with fucking diapers man I got fucking diapers. I shit my pants every day. I can't walk. I can't hump. You know? Go ahead. Look at me, man. I wear a fucking diaper. <laughs> Put that one in. All right. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another exciting edition of the New Force Order for Life. And that's just too sweet. The time has come. Execute order N F O. It's just been these days. I have to hide my should I wait? Every single thing may never be the same. The last time I saw you. When it all changed